From one islander to another, Isle of Wight Radio proudly presents John Hannam Meets. Today we have a very, very special podcast. We're going to celebrate the life of Tom O'Connor, one of Britain's great entertainers of the past 50 years. An amazing talent. Luckily, I was a friend of Tom's and knew him for at least 40 years. And we had such great times together. And I interviewed him on numerous occasions. Never found a nicer man in showbiz. So, on this occasion, we're going back to 2014. Another Hannam Archive. Tom O'Connor, welcome back to John Hannam Meets. Nice to be back, John. We first met 1980, right? Ponderosa Ride. You came to do a nightclub at Ashy. And we've known each other ever since. Indeed, that's a long time. Telling me. We've never had a crossword. Oh, it reminds me of one of my shows, though. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, yes, yes. But uh, no, it's true. I've just started my 25th non-stop year of John Hannah Meets, but obviously we go back a bit before then. But what I thought we'd do today is go back and look at some of the things we've talked about in the past. And I suppose the main thing is, I say to you, why are you still working? And you say to me, why are you still working? (laughs) Two reasons, I think. Once we love it, and two, we can do it. Oh, thank you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) There are an awful lot of people who think they can do it. (laughs) We've lost them on the way. I've just found out from your lovely wife, Pat, that you've got a few cruises next year, Tom O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> 32. Unbelievable. What happened was is we, we woke us a sleeping giant last year. Somebody at Cunard said, who is this O'Connor fella? He's doing all the cruises for P&O. And they said, he's a clean British comic. Of course, the Americans never heard of me. They came and I said, well, give me a couple of rangefinder shows. 98.4% satisfaction, bump, and bump me for a loaf next year. Perfect audience for you. As you said, you're clean, and they don't expect very fast, furious comics. They want to just a leisurely laugh, don't they? That's right, particularly the Americans, and would you believe the Australians? I did a a big hit with about a 1,000 Aussies on a ship. They just want, at our age group, we're talking 50-plus, They've done it all, they've seen it all, they want to sit back and relax. They don't want it to be rude, insult their family. It's just nice, gentle, gentle humour. Reflective comedy you've always done, looking back to your childhood and looking back to years past, I suppose, haven't you? Looking at my family and other families. and The biggest tribute to me is to get some of the audience saying, that's you, (laughs) or that's him, that's her, I know him. When we first met in 1980, you told me a a story which I, I... I don't believe, but I know it's true, right? At that particular time, you were a school teacher, and your bank balance, you told me, was two and eight, and I think it's probably about 15p, something like that. What Uh, happened was the bank, instead of paying the rates quarterly, they paid it in one lump, and they rang me up and said, you've got two and eight pence left in the bank. You know, we can't cash this cheque for two shillings. (laughs) If you go below whatever it's two, Bob, out you go. So I started working, I just sang in pubs and, and had collections and put glasses around and all that gear, and it worked. I know at one time as a school teacher you were earning about, only about nine quid a week, Tom, I think, weren't you? I was, I mean, people won't believe it, but when I gave up school teaching, the week I actually gave up the job, 
I was on £68 a week acting headmaster. In the clubs, I'd made £1,000 in the same week. £50 a show, three or four shows a night. You were teaching by day, yeah. going, having a kit when you got in from school, yeah. going out, getting in in the early hours, having another kit. How did you cope with all that, really? It, it, it's quite good. I do it now, in fact. I, I can sleep on a clothes on. I can lie down. And the beauty of my teaching was it was maths. So maths is either right or wrong. So I used to leave Pat with all the homeworks to mark. So I'd come in in the morning, take them straight into school, and off you go again. But um, also... There were situations where, for instance, I did five clubs in one night in Manchester with a stripper. <laughs> I, went, <laughs> I went on first and did five minutes, got in the cab and waited for her to get in the cab with nothing on and put her clothes on. And I thought, if the school board see this, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> they never did. <laughs> Teachers Training College, you sort of got a bit involved with reviews and things, I think, didn't you? I did. Um, I was social secretary not really by choice. The boys put me up because they thought I could do a lot of things, which I managed to do. I booked bands and what have you. Uh, and that's where I met Pat. And they're coming up, ball. Uh, I just finished a, a romance with a young lady in Liverpool. And I wasn't really looking for anybody, but I found somebody special. And she walked in and said, that's the woman. And you're still together? Still together. How long have you two been married then? 52 years now, Pat. Have you? 52 years, yeah. It's a, it's a long time. It doesn't feel that long, to be honest. Um, and when you think... All, all the friends of ours in the business who've actually been that long as well. So it's a dangerous uh, place to be a married person in show business, but it works. Yes. Big Fred Mack, he used to yeah. do that many years ago, didn't Every he? Every morning at the mine, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, but, but big Bad John was a record where he, he saved a pit shaft from collapsing and saved all the, the miners, and we thought we'd have another guy from Liverpool who was exactly the opposite. He stood five foot six and weighed 245. Round in the shoulders and flabby in the waist. <laughs> Smoked so many woodbines that he lost his sense of taste. Fred Mack. <laughs> <laughs> so your showbiz career really was purely financial to, to help look after the family, really. That's right. And it's amazing when, you, when your life is on the line and your family's food, you're trying to get that in for them. It's amazing what insults you'll take and what rubbish you'll go through just to do it. And of course, what I don't know is that's grooming me for later times. Now people say, this is a rough audience. I say, really? Tell me, <laughs> yeah. tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had two breaks on Opportunity Knocks. Yeah. I know you you won three times in a row. Yeah. And then about a year later, you came back as a sort of a, as a guest on the All Winner Show, guest comic, didn't you? And the, the man who was the secret of my success, a fellow called Bernie Flint. I was with him last week. Who are you? Yeah. Alveston Manor, one of the Oh, right, yeah. And uh, I was saying, he won 12 weeks running. So when they came to the All Winners, there was only him. <laughs> so he said, will you be an All Winner? I said, OK. And I went back. And that's when Delphont watched me. The rumour has it, Tom O'Connor, that he said to someone, who's got this fella, meaning what agent? Yeah. And uh, this guy said, we have, sir. Yeah. But I don't think they had, had they? No, they hadn't at the time. And the best line was, who's got this fella? And his assistant said, still us, sir. <laughs> it isn't us at all that's right and I was I had no agent or anything yeah that's a true story and then obviously the comedians also helped didn't it that was a, right. a double boost for you really the comedians was a brilliant show because I, I worked with some wonderful people who were all a help to me it was amazing there was a little bit of friction amongst themselves but I was kind of the new boy on the block I hadn't done half the things they'd done you know the palladium and all that stuff and uh, I never met a guy who didn't give me you know a lot of help 
a lot of encouragement. Uh, I mean, Bernard Manning, they called Bernard Manning everything. He was very good to me. Very good comic, too. He was a very nice guy when he was away from being blue, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, when you compare it to today, I mean, blimey, the things the kids do and say on, the, on stage now are incredible. I've got a secret. I was at my crosswits, but now I can name that tune. It's high on a question of entertainment, but the password isn't Gambit or Zodiac. It's John Hannum meets on Isle of Wight Radio, and that's news to me. Currently I'm at Warner's Benbridge with Tom O'Connor and uh, you do very well at Warner Centres because there again the adult centres are perfect for your sort of act, aren't they really? Yes they are. Uh, I mean, you couldn't pick a better audience or a better setup. The lights are good, the, the, the microphone works, all, all the big things that you need uh, and an audience who are waiting to be, to be entertained in, with clean family humour. Perfect. I mean, as opposed to one or two other holiday centres <laughs> you and I have been to in our life. Telling me. I've got to tell you this, John. I did one about eight months ago, and they said, it's a, it's a caravan park, but don't panic. I said, oh, OK. They said, the, the children will be taken out of the room at nine o'clock, and you won't be on till 9.15. Well, at 20 to 10, not one kid had moved. They're just <laughs> still in the room. And the next thing, the guy said, you'll have to go on. I said, OK. He said, I'll try and control it. And I started singing, and a kid went past me on a bike. And somebody else pushing a pram, and they're going, calling the kids, Chardonnay, over here. And I just, and Pat said, what are you going to do? I said, probably die on my feet, but you just go on and say the words, don't you? <laughs> Is it nine shows, nine game shows? You're up around that? Nine, yeah, nine. That's a, a lot. The only oh. person who did, did more was Bob Monkhouse, God bless him. Yeah. Really? Mm. I reckon, name that tune, obviously, yes. Gambit, yeah. Zodiac, yeah. Password, yeah. I've got a secret. I've got a secret, yeah. Question of entertainment. Yeah. Crosswits. Yeah. Beat well, the music. That was... Beat the music, that's That right. was trialled at Sandown on the Isle of Wight. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's news to me or a news yeah. one you did, was yeah, that? That was, that's, yeah, it was the lunchtime programme, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Did pickpockets ever come off? Or, well, no, it didn't. Once when we met, it was being talked about. But yeah, that was a shame. That, that was a good show, that. The best one of all, the one that never happened, was... Uh, Mesmerised. Uh, I don't know whether I told you about that. We did a lovely... I'll send you a copy of it. We did a pilot of it. It was brilliant. The essence was all the contestants were hypnotised. I didn't know who they were supposed to be. So there was a little old lady that was, she'd been told she was John Wayne. So as soon as you, you said, uh, check the score, she'd say, the hell I will, and sit down again, you see. And we had a, a girl who was told that everything that ever happened in the world happened in Accrington. Where do they hold the Tokyo Olympics? Accrington, correct. And it was an absolute shambles, but a brilliant show. And you know the reason um, they didn't put it out was it was Yorkshire TV. Uh, a hypnotist was being sued at the time uh, by somebody who said he'd turned him into schizophrenic. And Yorkshire bailed out and said, forget it, and, and pulled the show, which is a shame. Tom, they weren't easy. You're an entertainer that makes it look easy when you're on stage or when you're presenting a game show but it's not as easy as it looks is no. it as we found out in more recent years really it's true isn't it uh, i mean the, the kiss of death now has got to be somebody appearing live on tv other than the newsreader all these people who think they can do it when they get up there and you it's not as easy as they think so you enjoyed that game show because it was you didn't have to give away your stage act did you really yes. which was great true and uh, i mean you could be funny when you wanted uh you, you didn't have to have streams and scenes of material. I've got a good recall, so almost live, I can give you a line back for, for a, a topic. 
it always reminds me, we had a comic in Liverpool, I'm going back to when I just started as a singer. And he said, Tommy, tomorrow night I'm going to revolutionise comedy. Oh, I said, that'll be good. He said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go on and say, shout out any topic and I'll tell you a joke. I said, oh, OK. So we went in, we were doing the university job at Liverpool University and he said, shout out any topic. And this kid said, spaghetti. And he stood there for about 20 seconds and he said, there's one in every room. And they walked off. <laughs> Did he? That's the revolution. <laughs> The summer of 85, you came to Sandown Pavilion. Happy yeah. memories, really? Yes, good times, nice people. The one thing I always remember, and Pat will back me up, is I've never opened so many garden fates in my life. <laughs> you, you were out a couple of them. Yeah, I know I was. <laughs> I, I think where my children went to school, I'm sure you opened the fate for me yeah, for yeah. them. <laughs> I always remember, I think Ward Allen was on that. He was. Yeah. And we took a picture for the local paper of you and Pat watching the TV screen, right? And when yeah. he came in and he Said. the only trouble is he said every time you turn on the telly it's Tom O'Connor you had four shows a week on at I that d- time I right. you know Ward Allen was a good good ventriloquist with Roger the dog we did a tour what they call CSE Combined Service Entertainment for the army in uh, Cyprus and it was a tough gig we had uh, we only had three dancers it's very difficult to make a show out of three four you've got a chance they were back in lorries and tanks and arming stuff while we're on with the shows going on. I said, the girls died on their feet, the girls singing had a bad throat. I said, Ward, you and the dog have got to do me half an hour. I don't care what you do, mate. And he did. And he fought them and he died. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, do you know what, John? That was the first. I got a heckler. I got a Swiss heckler at that job. Did you? I said something, and this fellow said, I don't understand a word you're saying. I thought, please, God, make this man German. <laughs> I said, where are you from? He said, uh, Switzerland. Went, oh, no. And the cuckoo clocks, William Tell. What I got him with was, I said, uh, is your country still neutral? He said, yes. I said, that's because all you got to fight with are those army knives. <laughs> got me away. <laughs> in 1998, I remember you came to do a Warners and you stayed overnight and you came... This radio station, Isle of Wight Radio, went FM. Yes. And you came and... <laughs> People everywhere, and you sort of opened it up for us, and then came on my show live. Do you remember yes, that? Yes, yeah, it was good. Good fun, that was. It was. Um, I've had a lot of fun on this island, some lovely people here, and uh, great memories. A hundred countdowns, you had a special award for that, yeah. didn't you? I ended up with 180 altogether. <laughs> and when you think you're doing three gags in every show, roughly, that's a lot of gags. I've only ever watched Come Dine With Me twice, right? Uh, Once there was a guy at our radio station, he was on, uh, so I watched him. The other time was when you did a celebrity one, yeah. and you won it. World record score, 29 out of 30. You, you, you knew you'd won it, but I interviewed you just before, and you couldn't tell me. That's right. But something in my brain says Mersey Mash. Was it, did you do Mersey Mash, or what, what happened? I, I did uh, Scouse. Scouse Mash, Which is, it? Yes, it's like uh, Irish stew. Oh, is it? But it's... Liverpool stew is yeah, and of course it was, it was a Liverpool show because I had Claire Sweeney on Darren Day he, he came on as a, as a, a Beatleite yes and I had a lovely uh, Kim Woodburn from Kim and Aggie who uh, was a bit of a handful to say the minimum yes she said, <laughs> good fun though and you were in the final of Pointless when you did a celebrity yes with, with Denise Lewis with my daughter no, yeah. yeah good girl she's so, a great runner oh yeah. brilliant and she's a winner. And Andrew Murray's got it. Uh, both of them had it. Uh, that, that thing that says, you can't beat me, pal. Or exactly. it'll take it. My, my old dad used to say, I'm not very good, but I'm hard to beat. 
<laughs> as we speak, we've just been knocked out of the World Cup. And if we had more footballers like people like Botham uh, and winners, it would be terrific, wouldn't it, it really? There aren't a lot of winners in the England team. You can see them, can't you? I remember my road manager was on a train. He was saying, uh, and it sat up to him just by a fluke, was Harold Wilson. And he said, uh, Mr. Wilson, who do you think is going to win between Heath and Thatcher? He said, Thatcher, she's a winner. He said, I can see it. He said, I was a winner. And you can, you can actually spot that. It's harnessing it. Just before you go, Father Tom on Doctors. The things I've done. <laughs> Never forgot your name on that, did you? <laughs> <laughs> and I was priest from Liverpool called Father Tom. I always remember Christopher Timothy had to say a line about uh, how much drink have you been taking, how many units of drink, and I say, I've give up to Siggy's. That's the first thing I said. And I said to everybody, I'll be acting on telly next week. So everyone around me said, I'll give up to Siggy's. Thanks, for it. <laughs> You've also written a lot of books, haven't you? Books about, what, golf stories and others in your life and that sort yeah, of stuff. Irish jokes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, travel. Uh, I remember, which is the story about all the people I've met in, in my life. Somebody was saying the other day, I was doing a show in Liverpool for Ricky Tomlinson. He's got a club up there. And I went through the old comics only I remember. Fellas like Jackie Owens. Nobody heard of him but me. He said, uh, the fellow next door to me is keeping pigs. I've got wind of it this morning. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> and, uh, and I was able to relate stories uh, about fellas they'd never heard, but their gags were really funny. And if, if you could disinter those guys and stick them on stage now, they'd make a fortune. Tom, I know you've got a busy night. You've got a show to do in a few minutes. And, uh, well, you're always busy, which is perfect. perfect. It's... Um, I'm very lucky because, uh, I mean, I can do any kind of job that they throw out and, uh, uh, and I, I generally get the kind of thing where my manager's sorted it before we start. If there's anybody blue, they mustn't go on before me. I don't want them empty in the room. I tell you what, recently they called me out to an F&O shift and they said, I said, how bad was this guy before me? They said, he was that bad. There were that many people walking out. They had to put their lights on so they wouldn't bump into each other. <laughs> It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, long may your showbiz career continue. Tom O'Connor often copied, but uh, the original is always best, I say, Tom. (laughs) You're listening to Isle of Wight Radio, and don't miss John Hannah Mates, because you like it. Not a lot, but you like it. Today, we've celebrated the life of Tom O'Connor. Tom, there will never be another entertainer just like you. It was a real pleasure to know you. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye for now. Well, that was super smashing great, wasn't it? Jim Bowen here, just reminding you, you've been listening to John Hannum on Isle of Wight Radio.